The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Hi, yo, the Generinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 355. Is going to go out to the PFL. They need some good karma right now because all their fighters are doing drugs and getting caught. So this goes out to the PFL. This is not one of our PFL episodes. Those will be coming, I guess, soon enough. No, this is uh, back to the UFC. Uh, the UFC has a fight night this week from the UFC Apex. Tell me if you've heard that one before. But yes, indeed, indeed they do this uh, Saturday night from the UFC Apex. UFC on ESPN, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night. Kara France versus Albezi. It is a fight card for the hardcores. But if you're listening to this, then you're definitely one of the hardcores. I don't know if I introduced myself. I'm Jeff Chalks Fox, one of uh, half of the dynamic duo here at the MMA Gambling Podcast. Let's bring in the other half the brains and the beauty of the operation. It's the one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. I, I got a question. Does this have to be a hardcore's fight card? Because I will say yes. you're, you're right in terms of like, are you in love with this fight card? Yeah. You're probably not unless you're a hardcore, but there are some dudes who have been in the UFC for yes. a minute on this card. you know, not just Arlovsky and Jim Miller, but you also got Tim Elliott who, uh, who debuted all the way back at UFC on Fox Diaz versus Jim Miller, um, which is, you know, a minute ago. And then yeah. you got uh, you, you got some other ones on there. Felipe Linz feels like he's been in the UFC for a while. Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos has been around the block. It's uh, it, yes, it's for hardcores, but it's also for people who uh, started watching 12 years ago. Alice Caceres. Oh, Caceres. Uh, yeah, Caceres. Yeah. Caceres broke through into the UFC when I was in college. So, yeah, that he counts, too. Jared Gordon. Yeah. He's been around a while. Not yeah. Lenz. Lenz only fought four times. So forget Lenz. Scratch him. But we'll, we'll replace him with uh, Is Jared it, Gordon. He's am there. I just thinking of him because he was like, was he a World Series of Fighting guy for yes, a while? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah he was yeah, a champ there. So, yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah. If uh, perhaps some of the old school casuals will, will come back for this fight card. But uh, it is going down, as I said, the Saturday night from the UFC Apex. June the 3rd, um, we're going to do the prelims today. So we got seven prelim fights to uh, ram into your ear holes today. And then tomorrow we'll be back with the six-fight main card. Hopefully uh, none of these fights fall off. But we have had some some rearranging of the card. We've had some fighters um, had to pull out. Some late last-minute replacements have come in. We'll uh, get to that when we get to those fights. We haven't actually lost any fights over like a full fight over the last you know little while there's been a lot of rearranging recently this was originally supposed to be hermanson versus allen um and now it is cara france versus obese which is fine by me uh we we, uh, we always are down for flyweights made of any fight cards right yeah uh th th that's actually two people you want to see fight for five rounds exactly exactly um all right Thoughts on Rob Wilkinson <laughs> filling a drug test too now? Dude, is PFL? it starting? To, is it starting to feel wow, like maybe dude. PFL shouldn't have gone to Vegas? Yeah, uh, no kidding. Just because th that's what no other region. Uh, does no one else test or what? What's going on here? I mean, before they were in Florida, right? That it's lawless oh, down true, there. Yeah. So you know, like, I, I think, 
I, I think they were just in a place that was maybe less strict testing or maybe maybe PFL just turned it up this season and we're like, hey, let's make sure uh, we've got these these methods to test people. Let's actually do it. Um, and, and it seems like people are being pretty brazen because uh, if you look at the list, it's not just like, you know, some like things that are math. You know, like a lot of times when you catch people, you catch people for masking agents and stuff like that. It's not just that like. Some of these people are are pissing radioactive right now, and yes. uh, it's it's pretty wild. Yep, it's it's the hardcore stuff. It's this isn't like tainted supplements, uh, type of stuff that that these fighters are doing. So it'll be interesting. When are they supposed to resume again? Oh, next Thursday. And, and oh, Wilkins, really? So Wilkins, we're going to be Wilkins, covering Wilkinson, it then. <laughs> Wilkinson was on that card too. Uh, it's sorry. I like I like watching him. It's too bad. Um, yeah, he was going to fight Ty Flores too, which is like low key kind of a fun fight because Flores is a. Uh, is a pretty fun grappler. So it would have been nice to see like whether or not he could get Wilkinson down. We'll still be breaking down on Monday's episode. I'm sure anyhow, right? Yeah. 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 And, and not, I'm right? sure, I'm sure by then Flores will have a new opponent that he's like negative 900 against. Yeah. We'll, we'll find some, some uh, lines for you people to win money on. Um, Cause we're, we're here to give you the edge as is edge boost. There's my segue. This episode is supported by edge boost. Edge boost is the world's first bet. Now pay later visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. That's what you can do. Double down on a favorite bet you like, or even use it to create an awesome middle or even a hedge, especially with the NFL season coming up. If, if you want to get in on a whole bunch of futures, but you don't have the bankroll, boom, Edge Boost can give you that boost up to $2,500 extra interest-free in uh into uh into your betting account for you so edge boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest as i said do you know of a way you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest this is the spot support sgpn and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge must be 21 years or older to use problem gambling call 1-800-GAMBLER all right are you ready to break down some fights I am, yeah. And actually, I love it's, these prelims. They're fun. I must say, you uh, I listened to Top Turtle, Dan's other podcast today, and you made some picks on there that made me shake my head like, Dan, what are you doing? Oh, so I think we're going to I think yeah. we're gonna clash a bit. Maybe not I this episode. I can't wait. Most of your picks were the main card, so we shall see. Um, maybe we'll clash some heads right here. Light heavyweights. Felipe Lins versus Maxim Grishin is our curtain jerker of the evening. Oh, sorry, start time. It is an evening card. If you're on the East Coast, it is a 6 p.m. start time, and the prelims are on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. So let's get to Linz and Grishin. I can tell you about Linz first. Monstro is the nickname. 16 and 5, nine knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out four times. He's 2 and 2 in the UFC. He's won two straight fights, the last one via knockout. He was P a four and zero in the PFL um, World Series of Fighting. I think it was PFL actually when, when he was there, and he was the champion there. That was at heavyweight. Uh, he's down to light heavyweight now. Uh, he was three and three in Bellator as well. Two thousand five was his pro MMA debut. He's a year younger than Grishin. Uh, in the UFC, he has been outstruck by his opponents by 0.33 strikes per minute. He has better grappling stats than Grishin. He's at plus one fourteen. Grishin Maximus. These are a couple of good nicknames going up against each other. Maximus and Monstro. Yeah, I don't. They're not good nicknames. <laughs> huh? They're they're not good nicknames. <laughs> no, you don't. Th- no, I. I they, his they name is Max. Really his name is I, Maxim, and they call him Maximus. That's a terrible uh, nickname. I think it's funny. Maximus versus Monstro is. I I think they they go together well. I'm not saying they're good nicknames. Okay. 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 Uh, you are the nickname. 
God, I, I can't uh, I can't question your your judgment here. All right, Maximus, thirty two nine and two, sixteen knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted three times, two and two in the UFC. He's gone loss win loss win over his UFC career. He also used to fight at like at heavyweight. Excuse me. He has missed weight three times before in the past. So this may be something you want to keep an eye on if you want to get in on him, or if you want to get on Lynn's, um or you're wavering on the fight. Wait until uh, the actual weigh-ins on Friday. Uh, fighters who miss weight only win. Uh, check my stats: thirty-nine percent of the time since I started tracking about three years ago. Uh, this year, right is right on track: uh, 40 percent. So, it is not a benefit to miss weight. Um, let me see. Two thousand eight as was Lynn's pro MMA debut. He has been a very good striker in the UFC. He's outstruck his opponent by one point three three strikes per minute. He's an inch taller than Lynn's. He's got better striking stats overall as well than Monstro. He's at minus one thirty. Uh, so I'm going to kick this off with a dog. I like uh, I like Felipe Lins quite a bit here. I I couldn't believe he was a dog when he posted because don't get me wrong, he's two and two in the UFC, and that certainly like might scare you away from him, especially when you point out that he lost to Tanner Bozer, right? Like like I don't know, a guy who got yeah, out, yeah, a guy who got outstruck by <laughs> Tanner Bozer. That's kind of scary. But no, the the fact is. of the matter is, he's not that fighter anymore, right? Like he he lost to Andre Arlovsky and Tanner Bozer both in 2020. Um, and he didn't fight for almost two full years until 2022. He comes back as a light heavyweight looking, first of all, ripped like he is a jacked 205er. And at 205, what does he come in there and do? He comes in there and out wrestles Marcin Procneo easily, right? Like he, he looks really good doing it. And then he just puts an absolute clinic on OSP on the feet. Um, and I think he could have grappled in that one too. So look, I, I think Felipe Lins has found his home at 205. And the other thing I'll say, too, is Maxim Grishin is a guy who relies on length. If you watch that fight against William Knight, like he really tried to stay away and just poke from a distance and like make that work. And he's finally running into a situation where he doesn't have a huge reach advantage. Um, He's fighting a guy who's as long as he is. So, yeah, I, I like Linz for all those reasons. And I, I really like the fact that we're getting what did what did you say the, the number was there? Plus one plus one fourteen. Yeah, I'll t- I love your weird numbers. Plus 114. Uh, hey, uh, I'll I make them up. I love that one out the gate. And you said we. I assume you mean the Royal We because I'm not taking Lens. So uh, I'm against you right out of the gate. Uh, I'm taking Grishin. Um, you, your, your points obviously are are uh, are valid. The grappling is going to be an issue, um, as is the reach, the exact same reach. So as you said, Grishin won't be able to just pot shot him from outside. But he's such a better striker from distance than Lens. Lens gets hit way too much has shown in the past that uh, he can be knocked out. Like four out of his five losses have come be a knockout. And Christian's got some power. So I, I'm going with the better striker um, in this one. And hopefully he can keep the fight on the feet. We shall see. I, so I, I'm going to I'm gonna just, just caveat real quick here. I don't know. Do, do you really think he's a better, a better technical striker? Because he does have the striking numbers against like William Knight and Gata Murazad and Tegelov. Uh, but he did get out. That's stri- a lot to say. Yeah, th- those are. I mean, I guess when you bank strikes against those kind of guys. But uh, who is Lens fought really? Uh, I mean, he's beat yeah, OSP that's, that's and March and Prochnia, so. that, that's but yeah. true. But th- you're right. You're right. That's a fair point. All right, I got a fair point, and finally, whew. but yeah, <laughs> we we are going. We'll we'll see who has, has the correct point of view come Saturday at about six o'clock p.m. All right, we're going to go way down to Bantamweights now. Back-to-back Bantamweight fights coming up. Damon Blackshear, who is a guest on Gumby's Top Turtle on May podcast this week. Uh, he is fighting Luin Lacerda. I will tell you about 
Blackshear first. Daw Monster is the nickname. He's 12-5-1. and one, one knockout, eight submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Oh, one and one in the UFC. I just listened to Spencer, E. Spencer Kite's podcast. He was saying he's probably the best 0-1 fighter in the UFC currently. So um, he's 4-1-1 one, one over his last six fights. However, he did lose his last fight. He has multiple regional championships on his... Mantle. Correct. Get the t-shirt, sportsgummypodcast.com slash store. Uh, Blackshear used to fight up at Featherweight. He was 1-0 in Bellator. Three inches taller than Lacerda. An inch of reach on him. One year younger. He's been outstruck over his UFC career by minus 1.6 strikes per minute. He's at plus 125. Lacerda, 12-2 with 10 submissions. He's been submitted himself once. He's 0-1 in the UFC. That was his first loss uh, after going, winning 10 straight fights. So he's 10-1 over his last 11 fights. Was a regional champion. Used to fight at featherweight as well. 2012 Pro MMA debut. He also is a pro grappler. Uh, he's more than two times uh, more active landing strikes in the UFC than Blackshear, but we're basing his stats off of one fight. So small sample size. He has better grappling stats as well, but small sample size. As I said, he was outstruck in his one UFC fight by 1.54 strikes per minute. He's at minus 137. All right, I'm going dog this time. I'll, we'll be taking Blackshear. He, he's he's had a rough uh, start to the UFC career. Um, tough opponents, uh, but I, I think he's better than Serta. If you look at their the whole of their careers, uh, he's fought much uh, better fighters than Lacerda has. Um, and Lacerda basically only wins by submission, and Blackshear has never been submitted. I believe he's a black belt, I heard him uh, say on your show, Dan. So give me the Da Monster for Da plus 125. So here's the thing. You're right. He he has never been submitted. But if you look at the people who have beat him, it is all really good people who can wrestle really well. Uh, you know, Fareed Basharat, Danny Sabatello, Pat Sabatini. I guess Chris Mutino can't wrestle well, but Chris Mutino has got a win over him as well. I, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go Lacerda here. I, I think he oh is my. a much more dynamic striker than Blackshear, and I, I like Blackshear. I, I think he's. He, he is, you're, you're definitely right, super underrated at 0-1-1. and um, Fareed Basharat and Yusuf Zalal is a tough go of it. But Luan Lacerda opened with a fight against Cody Stamen, which is a, you know, a brutal ask. And not for anything, yeah. he, he actually took Cody Stamen down, uh, which I, I feel like it slept on. He stuffed every single attempt from Cody Stamen and himself took Cody Stamen down. Uh, you know, I, I think that that weighs pretty heavily here for me. And the fact that, like, look, I think he's going to be way faster than Damon Blackshear on the feet here. So uh, I'm going to go favorite. I, I like Luan Lacerda here. All right. We're giving you both sides of each fight, at least. So there's a positive for you. Uh, let's go to Bantamweights again. Daniel Santos, Johnny Munoz Jr. They were supposed to fight, what, a few weeks back. Did we break down this fight originally? We did. And I already know yeah, okay. what side. Yeah, we we're. Oh, let's see if you remember what side you were on. I don't that's, remember what side I was on. So that's we, fun. We, shall see. we shall see. Kid Cavembo is uh, Munoz Jr. Uh, he's 12 and 2, two knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out once. Two and two in the UFC. He's got a loss, win, loss, win over his UFC career. So he's due for a loss by that pattern. Uh, used to fight up at featherweight, was the king of the cage champion. Two inches taller than Santos, four inches reach on him. He's got better striking and grappling stats than Santos does. Uh, and he has outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.39 strikes per minute. He's at plus 180. Willie Cat Santos, 12, 10 and 2, six knockouts, two submissions, never been finishing in a fight. One and one in the UFC. He's won three of his last four. Last one he won via knockout. Uh, used to fight down at flyweight. So we have a former featherweight versus a former flyweight 2013 pro MMA debut two years younger than Munoz jr. 
more active landing strikes than Munoz is. Uh, he, however, he's been outstruck over his two fight UFC career by 2.7 strikes per minute. Ouch. He's at minus 200. Uh, I'm going to go Santos here. I, I think, um, I, I think what he did against, uh, John Castaneda, who we're going to talk about in a bit. I'm a big John Castaneda guy. Super impressive to me. Um, not only because he took the best that John Castaneda had, but he also like wrestled with Castaneda in, in a very impressive way. I, I mean, like he stuffed half of Castaneda's takedowns. Castaneda went three of six. Uh, he himself scored two out of four. So he, he scored half of his two. Um, they both had a knockdown. He outstruck John Castaneda, which seems wild. I mean, obviously he, he knocked him out and got the fight of the night bonus too. It like, he just has a like, like fun brawling style. And I, I think, at the end of the day here, Munoz might get him down, but I don't think Munoz will keep him down, uh, which I think is the decider here, right? Like, you know, I, I mentioned John Castaneda had three takedowns in that fight, which lasted, you know, almost two full rounds. And in those those three takedowns, he only scored two minutes and four seconds of top control time. And that includes cage control. So, like, it, it's not like he could keep Santos down. And, and I actually think he's a little better on top than Johnny Munoz is. So Santos, I think, just keeps getting back up here. I think he probably tires Johnny Munoz out. Um, and he's going to put a pace on him because all of these guys from shoot to box do. We agree here. I'm taking Santos. Did I take him the first time? You did not. <laughs> oh, well, good. I've smartened up since then, apparently. You took Johnny Munoz originally. Why would I have done that? Uh, you like the wrestling. I remember nah, vividly. I don't, I don't like wrestlers he anymore. Had, I don't, he had I don't think a, I ever did. He had been on my show and I had faded yep. him and uh, you were like, I don't know. I, I like him. And I was like, okay, you can, no. you can like him. Here's another thing I will just say about Johnny Munoz. If, if people are thinking about going dog here, he, he's mentioned in interviews uh, a couple of times recently that he's been working with a new Muay Thai coach and, and he really likes what he's seeing as results on Muay Thai. Uh, I'm not saying that's a reason to fade him straight up, but that is a reason to be more hesitant on him is like to be like, oh, he's a really good grappler who should rely on his grappling. And I think he's going to rely on it less than he needs to here. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Willie Cat here. Yeah, we don't like wrestlers who, who think uh, think they're strikers. So definitely. Um, all right. Well, apparently I've, I've wised up, hopefully. Uh, at a boy. At a boy. Over the past <laughs> few weeks or whatever. So, all right. Before we give you some more fights, I'm going to give you some ways to win money from us with our NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Finals contests. We've got two more free contests for the Stanley Cup and NBA Finals, and they're exclusively on the SGPN app, so make sure you download the SGPN app. First of all, uh, series props and game props are what the contest is all about. Uh, with a $100 SGPN gift card up for grabs for each contest, you can get some sweet, sick swag if, if you win that uh, gift card. Download the SGPN app and enter today, NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Final Contest. All right, we're moving on to the ladies. This is There's two female fights. On the card, one on prelims, one on the main card. The prelim fight is at strawweight. Elise Reed versus Jin Yu Fry, 115 pounds. Um, we're going to tell you about Fry first. 11 and 8, one knockout, two submissions. She's been knocked out three times, submitted once. Two and four in the UFC. She's lost two straight fights, got knocked out in her last fight. Pretty badly, actually. Um, these fight down at Adamweight. That's where she was the champion Invicta, where she went 7 and 2. Uh, she has missed weight a couple. She missed weight twice at Adamweight, and now... Um, now she's up at straw weight, which wouldn't make sense, but she hasn't missed weight for a while. So I guess she's got to dial it in now. Um, all right. Uh, 
Wait a minute. That does make sense. That totally makes sense, Dan. She's at a higher weight class, dummy. All right. Um, she's a regional champ as well. Uh, two inches of reach on Reed. More active landing strikes than Reed. However, she's been outstruck over her UFC career by 1.06 strikes per minute. She's at plus 115. Elise Reed, six and three with two knockouts. She's been knocked out twice, submitted once. So she's been finishing all of her losses. Two and three in the UFC. She's gone loss, win, loss, win, loss over those five fights. Uh, she did get submitted in her last fight, which was a loss. Use fight down to Adam weight up at flyweight is a regional champion seven years younger than fry. Um, her, she's been outstruck over her UFC career by 0.71 strikes per minute. And she's at minus one thirty-five. Um, my, my turn. Uh, I will take fry. I, I want to rhyme and say, I don't know why. I, I just think Elise Reed isn't very good. Fry. <laughs> that, that's, that's good enough reason, isn't it? Yeah. And, I uh, mean, you can, you can stop right there. Yeah. And the analysis right there. I'm, I'm fine with exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, um, there is, con there's concern with the fighter, uh, Fry's age that got knocked out really bad last fight. So that's something you gotta, you gotta worry about. Not that Reed's a power puncher by any means, but that's still, that, that could be the beginning of the end here. Yeah. I, I like the, the dog money here on Fry too, though. Uh, this will be one we agree on again. Um, what, what did you say the number we were getting uh, was? Plus 115. Yeah, I, I like that. And I'll say this about uh, Jinyu Fry, too, is that, like, really, she was on a three-fight winning streak before she got knocked out by Pauliana Viana. I yeah, know it was, a, yeah, it was a split decision loss to Vanessa Demopoulos. But if you go back on MMA decisions, like, everybody had it for Jinyu Fry. Um, e even the Sherdog guys who have it backwards gave just accidentally gave all three rounds to Jinyu Fry um, when really she only won the first and the second. <laughs> um, so like even they messed it up in a way that was like also Jinyu Fry won. Um, so like I, I think Jinyu Fry uh, is maybe getting a bad rap for being on a two fight losing streak. Uh, I also think you can't sleep on the fact that she's like low key got some pretty good wrestling. Um, we haven't seen it in all of her fights, but we really saw it in that Gloria DePaula fight. Um, we've seen it defensively pop its head up once in a while. Um, but I think she, she's just going to pick apart Elise Reed from distance. She might not have a power advantage here, but I, I think she should have a speed one. Let's hope. Let's hope uh, Junior Fry has some um, has something left in the tank because I like her. Um, so which I, I, I like the old ones. Hey, we've got about her. She's been around forever too. Just not. You, you gotta, you gotta like a, a safe salad coach person too. That's true. He, he's gonna be screaming. He, he's total opposite of her personality, right? Yeah, I mean, eh, <laughs> he, he, he adapts. Very quiet. He adapts yeah, what he needs to. Yep. yep. She's been around for like a decade, is almost a decade as well. So, um, all right, we are on the same page for the back to back. Well, obviously. If I pick Arlowski, we're going to be on the same page here, too. So let's see. Heavyweights. Andre Arlowski, Dan's number one MMA crush, right? I, yeah, always. He was, <laughs> he was maybe my second MMA crush. Uh, was, by, uh, Chris, Chris Lieben. Lieben. Chris Lieben. Yes, there you go. I know my boy. Um, he's fighting Don Tail Mays at heavyweight. So we got Jim Miller. We got Andre Arlowski. This is the old, like, as we said off the top, this is the old hats card. All right, Arlowski, the Pitbull, 34 and 21. With two no contests, the original Pitbull, I should say, right? Yeah, I don't know of any Pitbulls before him. He used to bring his Pitbull to the to Jackson yeah. Wink back when he still he, trained at Jackson. Wait Wink. a minute, his name was Maximus, was it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah the Pitbull. Grishin's same as Max Grishin. Wow, <laughs> crazy. Yes, Maxim Grishin. Um, yeah. Sadly, that dog probably can't still be alive, right? That, that was a no, long you wouldn't think so. Sadly, <laughs> sadly, probably not, because um, yeah, no one could have been the original Pitbull because he. MMA barely existed before uh, Andre Arlovsky <laughs> yeah. came around. So, all right, 34, 20, and 21 with two non-contests, 17 knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out 11 times, submitted three times. 
23 and 15 with one no contest in the UFC over two stints. He was the interim and then the full uh, heavyweight champion back in his first stint many moons ago. He's gone four and one over his last five fights. He did get submitted in his last fight. 2000 was his 2000 was his pro MMA, not pro MMA, excuse me, UFC debut. 99 was his pro MMA debut. He also is a Sambo champion. Um, Dan was just a little kid when, when this guy started. Um, his striking stats are better than Mays. He has outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.59 strikes per minute, which is impressive considering he's fought. This will be fight 40 in the UFC. Uh, he's at plus 118. Kong is Mays' nickname. It's been elevated and it's been changed. It was Lord Kong, King Kong, Kong. Now he's just Kong. Nine to five with one no contest, five knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, mid twice. Two and three with one no contest in the UFC. He did lose his last fight. He was two and one in the contender series. One of the rare people that have fought three times in the contender series. Do you can you name anyone else, Dan? I think there's at least one more, right? Uh J- Jamie Pickett. He fought three times. Okay, William Knight didn't, right? He, did he fight twice, maybe? Yeah, he. They made him go back to the regional scene in between in yeah. uh, on yeah. like a. Uh, like one of those con those development contracts, and he actually okay, lost, yeah. and he lost on it, which was weird. <laughs> That's not good. Anyhow, yeah, Mays took him three cracks, but he finally got to the UFC. He was a regional champion as well. Based on the last weigh-ins, he was twenty-one pounds heavier than Orlovsky was. Uh, he's three inches taller. He has four inches of reach, and he's thirteen years younger. He has been outstruck in the UFC by 0.39 strikes per minute. He's at minus one twenty-five. So I'll just put Dan in right now for Orlovsky. Yeah, you can't, dude. I, <laughs> And I'm every time they they book an Andre Orlovsky fight, I'm like, at some point in time, I have to stop picking him, right? Like it's we're going to hit a critical mass of the times you can pick Andre Orlovsky and not get burnt, or you know just get burnt a little bit. But they keep finding him fights where I'm like, well, you know that's probably winnable, right? Like like it seems like he could beat Dante Mays. And, like, it does seem like he could beat Dontel Mays. Like, what about Dontel Mays screams like, ooh, got to watch out, Andre. Because if you look at Arlovsky's, uh, I mean, like, look at his last three or four years of fighting. Like, his losses, his last three losses are Marcos Rogerio de Lima through, like, you know, uh, some good hands and some solid wrestling. You got Tom Aspinall, who took him right down and took his back and choked him out. And you got Jair Zinho Rosenstrike who knocked him out with a punch like 29 seconds in. But, like, nobody's outworking him. There, there's nobody there who's going to, like, outbox him and outwork. And, like, Dante Mays has worse cardio than you or I do. You know, like, I mean, it, it, he, he seems like he can throw three punches and he's exhausted. Uh, he doesn't particularly have really great wrestling. Like, I, I just don't see anything about Dante Mays that screams, like, here's how he's going to outwork Arlovsky. Um, you know, like, I guess he scored some takedowns on Josh Parisian. That's the thing I can say about Dante Mays. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't like his chances here against Arlovsky. Give me, give me dog money on Andre Arlovsky. I'm going there as well, Dan. Of course I'll you take are. Him you, you know. Yep. And taking a lot of old fighters, which is, which could be an issue, um, this week. We'll see. Um, I just don't think Mays is that good. Or he doesn't really that's, post too much of uh, to there once again. Uh, that, that's your breakdown uh, for the whole card. <laughs> it's your breakdown. Yeah, I don't think he, you you pretty much laid it out. I don't think he poses too much of a of a threat to uh, to Orlovsky. He, he's the type of guy Orlovsky should be able to uh, to skitter around and and win a decision victory over more than likely. So Orlovsky is our pick. 
Um, all right, we're going way down to Bantamweights again. John Castaneda versus... Wait a minute, he's not fighting him. This is stupid. Um, he's fighting Muin Gafarov. Uh, it wasn't updated on the set I was looking at. All right, tell you about Gafarov. Tajik is the nickname. 18 and 4. 10 knockouts, 7 submissions. He's never been finishing a fight. This is a short notice UFC debut. He's won two straight fights and three of four. His last two wins have come via knockout slash TKO. He is currently, I believe, the LFA champ, right? He, yeah, he will. He, oh, he's, he's um, give it I, up. But. Yeah, he's, I'm assuming, giving it up. Yep. Uh, used to fight up at Featherweight. He was 0 1 in the contender series, 3 and 3 in one championship. So he has fought on the biggest stage in the world. 2013 Pro MMA debut. He also is a professional Sambo practitioner. Uh, he's five years younger than Castaneda. He's got an inch height, three inches reach on him, plus 110. Sexy Mexi. Castaneda is 19 and 6, eight knockouts, six submissions. Been knocked out twice. Two and two in the UFC. Loss, win, win, loss is the pattern. He got knocked out his last fight. He's missed weight twice in the past. So something to keep an eye on. One another contender series. Used to fight down at Bantamweight. Sorry, this is Bantamweight. Used to fight up at uh, Featherweight and Lightweight, I believe. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, 2012 was his pro MMA debut. Minus 120. You know what I do with short notice uh, fighters, especially short notice debuting fighters um, that I don't think are are way above the level of the, the person they're fighting, which uh, isn't the case here. I fade them. So Castaneda is the pick here. I like minus 120. I can't believe it's negative 120. When, when yeah. I saw that this was coming in as a short notice fight, I was like, oh, you know, Castaneda has got to be, you know, like I, I thought the same number. We're going to talk about Jamie Malarkey in a second. I, I thought he was going to be in that Jamie Malarkey area of, you know, we're talking about a guy at, at negative 500 or something like that. And it isn't. And, and it's weird because, like, I, I get that Goffaroff is a good wrestler, but, like, it, it's not like he's an incredible wrestler or, like, an untouchable wrestler. Like, he, he couldn't hold Chad and Helger down. Chad and Helger popped back up and, like, outworked him on the feet wildly. And, and let me get this straight. Like, John Castaneda is eight times the wrestler Chad and Helliger is, and he's a better boxer than Chad and Helliger is too. I think he is absolutely going to piece Goffaroff up on the feet. Um, and in addition to that, like, I think he's going to stuff a lot of those takedowns. I, I think people sleep. John Castaneda, for, for those of you who don't know, trains wrestling where Brock Lesnar used to train wrestling. He trains at the Academy in Minnesota um, with like Greg Nelson and stuff like that. Like he is a dude who went to college to wrestle and then went to a wrestling MMA gym instead. And he's damn good at wrestling. So I don't know why they think this like kind of, I mean, I guess Goffaroff's got some hands, but like, I, I don't know to me that that's certainly not a path to victory here against Castaneda. And Castaneda is built just like Brock Lesnar too. So look out Bantamweights. I mean, he's, if you're going to tell me somebody looks like Brock Lesnar at, <laughs> at, at Bantamweight, like, that would be amazing. I mean, like he, He's as close to, to a bantamweight can get there. I mean, except for maybe like Cody Stamen. Cody Stamen might be like bantamweight Brock Lesnar. How many bantamweights would it take to beat Brock Lesnar? That know how to fight? Yes. Two. Two? Okay. Yeah. 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 Nobody, nobody's beaten anybody two on one. Not if yeah, they. Just... Not if everybody knows how to fight. Okay, fight circus. Book it. Book it. All right. Um, main event of the prelims: lightweights. Jamie Malarkey versus. Mohabba John Naimov. Uh, actually, where where is it, Dan? Where is it? Is, is that the uh, is that the prelims or on the main card? Do you know? Uh dude, I, they I keep see... they keep shuffling it. I, I see okay. uh, I see that one on the main card, and and Zaleski versus Nurmagomedov on 
the prelims, yeah. but we can we can flip flop it. I'm fine with this Just, order. What does topology say? Topology is is Nurmagomedov and Zaleski on the prelims. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that then, because uh, Wikipedia hasn't been updated with another fight. So we're doing change of plans. This is these guys are what what welterweights? Yes, Abubakar yeah. Nurmagomedov versus Alazio Zaleski Dos Santos welterweight fight. Maybe in the main card, may not. We'll see. Um, as of as of this recording, we're saying it's the main event of the prelims. All right, let me tell you about Nurmagomedov. 17, 3, and 1. Six knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. 2-1 in the UFC. He's won two straight fights. He's not lost since November of 2019. He also was in the World Series fighting in PFL, where he went 6-1-1. One, and one. He's fight at middleweight and light heavyweight. 2011, he's been a pro fighter since. He's three years younger than Zaleski Dos Santos. He's got better striking and grappling stats. Uh, he's outstruck his opponents by 0.64 strikes per minute. He's a Sambo champion. He's at minus 110. And this is the not-related Nurmagomedov, I believe, right? Because this is the striker one. Correct. Okay. Zaleski Dos Santos, also not related to Habib. Caparera is a nickname. That's That would be like if your nickname was baseball, right? That's correct, yes. <laughs> okay. He's Ju- or, jiu-jitsu, or Jiu-Jitsu. Or, ju- or Jiu-Jitsu. Um, Zaleski Dos Santos, 23 and 7, 14 knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice, nine and three in the UFC. He's gone loss, win, loss, win. He's not fought, however, since October 2021. Was a regional champion, t- 2009 Pro MMA debut. He's got an inch of reach on Nurmagomedov. He's more active, landing strikes. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.43 strikes per minute, minus 105 is the number. And it's you. My turn. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to go with Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos. I knew it. I knew um, it. Yeah, I just don't... I, I think he... Man, this is going to be wild to say for those of you who are just like last name hunting here. I think he's got a grappling advantage. Am I wrong about that? Like, he... Possibly, I've, yeah. I've You're seen possibly him, wrong. You're possibly right. I've seen him go in there and look really good with his takedowns, look really good in the clinch. Um, and I know it's been a long time since we've seen him, right? Like, it's been almost two years but man, like when we saw him two years ago, he was putting an absolutely savage beat down on Benoit Saint Denis, uh, like in a very ugly way. And and really before that, he had a really competitive fight with Muslim Salikov, who's like a ranked light heavy or a ranked uh, welterweight rather. He's been competitive pretty much his whole career. I mean, we're talking about a guy who knocked out Sean Strickland and you know like beat the hell out of Max Griffin and like he he is. By all intents and purposes, are a very good welterweight when he's healthy. Abubakar Nurmagomedov, like, I, I don't know. I, I've seen some flashes of when he looks really good. And then I've seen some times where he looks real bad. Like, Gati Omar Gadzayev took him down and kind of controlled him pretty well uh, with his grappling. And don't get me wrong, Nurmagomedov later got his own takedown and did well after, like, Omar Gadzayev got kind of tired. Uh, but, like, I don't know that I trust him to, like, Tired out Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos. Zaleski is a crazy man. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Zaleski here. I, I think he's going to outwork Nurmagomedov. I think he's going to be better on the feet. I think he will have enough in the grappling that will keep this a striking match. I'm taking Nurmagomedov and the slight uh, dog money here. Uh, I'm concerned about the amount of time Zaleski Dos Santos has been on the shelf. But very close fight. That, that basically is the thing that swung it in uh, Nurmagomedov's favor. So I have a feeling I, I know the fighters you like and don't like Dan after all these years. So I, I, I knew you were going to fade Nurmagomedov. Yeah. I, 
he he's the bad Nurmagomedov too. Remember? Yes, he's, this, I, this, I'm not arguing that. That's for sure. This is the one who got submitted by David Zawada. Remember? <laughs> yes, it. Those days are over. He's won two straight fights. So, all right, I'll he recap. Also, he also got mm. submitted by Paval Kush. That's a good name. I don't even yeah. know that guy. Yeah, of course you don't. <laughs> of course I don't. All right. Wasn't that long ago either. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't really care. All right, Nurmagomedov <laughs> is my pick. Zaleski Dos Santos is Dan's. We both have Castaneda. We both have Arlovsky. Both have Fry. We both have Santos. Uh, he has Lacerda. I have Blackshear. I have Grishin. He has Linz. Now we have to do Edge Boots double down play of the day. I think it should be Castaneda. What do you think? I think so. Yeah. All if right. You're, all if you're our at... Edge Boots. Go, go, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, I you, by the... all means. You, you go okay. Ahead. The, I'll say it and then you can say why. Our Edge Boots double down play of the day is Daniel Castaneda. Edge Boots enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgummypockets.com slash edge. Sign up today at sportsgummypockets.com slash edge. What were you going to say that was so important, Dan? Go ahead. No, I was just going to agree good. with you. Like he, he looks, uh, oh, that, that uh, I, I can't absolutely think of a good reason why this dude is coming in at negative 120 on a late notice replacement other than they see a scary Eastern European name and assume he can out wrestle anybody. Yep. There you go. It's, it's stereotyping at its worst. So there you go. Uh, double down on that with edge boost. All right. We gave you all of our prelim picks. Uh, we gave you two different sides of, of a bunch of them there too. Uh, you can hit us up uh, on the sports gummy podcast discord, which we haven't even mentioned yet. Sports gummy podcast.com slash discord. It's a place to be lots of fun in there talking fights and every other sport under the sun. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter, SGPN MMA Gumby runs that. He's also a Gumby Vreeland. I'm a Jeff Fox writer. If you're into Instagram, uh, my Jeff, same name, Jeff underscore Fox underscore writer on Instagram. Gumby, I told you about his top turtle podcast. Damon Blackshear is on this week as well as Amon Zahabi. So listen to that. And then go to sportsgummypodcast.com for all of your SGPN needs. And if you want my MMA writing into your email inbox every day and you enter my pick'em contest, go to moneymma.substack.com. So we will be back tomorrow, Thursday for... The main card breakdown and all our fancy, fancy picks. Um, who will be hosting that show, you ask? It will be me, Maximus, Jeff Fox, and Monstro. Gumby Vreeland will be riding shotgun as well. We will see you then. Bye.